This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. And a happy Monday to you all. A, a very sleepy, sleepy Sports Tank with Jeremy Green crew today after three days of nonstop NFL draft coverage in the sportsocracy. It was a whole lot of fun over the weekend, Thursday night, Friday night, all day on Saturday, doing all seven rounds of the NFL draft. Thank you to everyone who tuned in with us and uh, yeah, participated in the comments as well, subscribed to the channel, shared it out. It was a monumental weekend for the sportsocracy, and uh, we can't thank you all enough for your support. Now, today, obviously, recapping the NFL draft and everything that happened from Trevor Lawrence going number one overall all the way down to uh, that dude that we took at 259. I still don't remember. Grant Stewart. Yeah, I did no clue who he is. He's a linebacker from <laughs> Houston. He's going to play on special teams. <laughs> it's, it's it's just great that you you can end out the draft with all of these guys still on the board. And nope, we're going to take some linebacker you've never heard of. That actually wasn't a bad pick. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed. He was in my top 200. So. Oh, well, there you go. Value pick at number 259. Uh, <laughs> there were there were a lot of times in this weekend that between you and Brian, our, our third for our draft coverage, right? Uh, somebody would get drafted and you would look at me and I just went, I don't know. Don't know. I, I don't know. Can't tell I you. knew we had gone down a path when we started going long snappers. Yeah. That's when we've got into goofy time. <laughs> now we're drinking goofy juice. <laughs> Uh, the late rounds of the NFL drafter are always fun. Trying to decide, well, is this a great value here? Well, probably not. I mean, the guy's probably not even going to make the roster uh, at this point. But uh, there were some great values had during the NFL draft, and now uh, we're going to get into all of it here over the next two hours. Also, we're going to open up the phone lines to 4348. I had forgotten the number. I was number. about I to say. Thing. 252 4348. You want to call us here in the Ingalls studio and uh, talk about your team's draft, what you liked about it, if you got questions about, uh, about who you drafted. Like if you have no idea who the linebacker is that you drafted in the seventh round, uh, we'll be glad to uh, help you out, fill you in on that as well. So uh, open phone lines all two hours today. Uh, for NFL draft comments and questions, two five two forty three forty eight. There you go. I was about to say you might want to get that number out again, or people will be ordering takeout food by accident. <laughs> <laughs> we are in the Ingles studio this hour of the program, as always. Brought to you by Ingles. Low prices. Love the savings. Uh, overall winners and losers from the NFL draft. Obviously, Jeremy, the Jets fan, he's very, very pleased with how his Jets did. Uh, they got, shocker of shockers, they have gotten the only A-plus of his draft No, 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 I did. they didn't get an A-plus. Oh, did they not? They I got an A-minus. Oh. The Chargers got an A. They edged it a little bit. The Chargers got an A. They did better than we did, but so far they're the only one. <laughs> The Chargers did great. The Minnesota Vikings did great. The, yeah, we haven't done the we we do the NFC right. grades tomorrow. 
Uh, secret time, Minnesota's going to have the highest grade of any team in the league. This morning in the Sportsocracy, we rolled out the AFC draft grades. Tomorrow, we will be rolling out all the NFC draft grades as well. So uh, we won't completely spoil it all for you here. There'll still be plenty of nuggets uh, from the NFL draft uh, for tomorrow's program. Yeah, Bengals fans, uh, I say nicer things than you expect me to. <laughs> as you should. As you should. We all know they, they made the monumental mistake at the top of the draft going with a wide receiver rather than taking Penny Sewell, but so did the Miami Dolphins. And I fault them for that as well. Because I believe that both of those teams are going to look back on that and go, Ugh, really yep. should have done that it one. Didn't do that right. Uh, but meanwhile, the Detroit Lions sat pretty at number seven and picked up the general, generational left tackle out of Oregon. Other winners and losers. Uh, I mean, there weren't too many losers in the NFL draft. The Houston Texans continue to be the dumpster fire of the NFL. Oh, 100%. And other than that, like I... Seattle Seahawks. Well, I mean, they just had three picks, but with the three picks that they had, they did okay. Would they you address like needs. The, the Seahawks took Russell Okung and Earl Thomas. In the first round in 2010. Uh-huh. Would you like to hear their first round picks since? Yes. Uh, they haven't had that many, first of all. James Carpenter, Bruce Irvin, Jermaine Effetti, uh-huh. Rashad Penny, LJ Yikes. Collier, and Jordan Brooks. Uh, and well, they- if, if you've ever wondered why we talk about quarterbacks so much, I need you to understand. That's been their ones for a decade, and they've been relevant throughout the entire decade. Right. It's not because they run the ball so well, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really have anything to do with the defense. And they just announced today that they're not picking up the fifth-year option on Rashad Penny. Shocker. I mean, I'm stunned. <laughs> I mean, a guy who's played, what, eight games in the last three years? He's played 27 like. in his career. He has 800 yard, 823 yards rushing in his career. And you took him in the first round. <laughs> right. But, I mean, other than Houston, you can gather good things from everyone's draft hall. Well, and that's really easy to predict. I mean, this was this was a predictable draft. If you had medical red flags, you were going to fall. Yep. That's just the way it is. And we saw a bunch of them. There were a bunch of those guys available on day three. I think next year, next year is the year that you want to have big draft capital. And guess who has the most? The Jets. That's the one. <laughs> That's the one. So you think next year's draft is going to be better than this year's? Or class, anyway? I think the scouting is going to be different. I think we've learned a lot in this the, these two different... You know, last year we had the combine. And then we had to do the virtual things and get into all that. This year it was almost all virtual. You know, we had pro days and things like that. Next year will be the first year you get back to normal, normal. Right. And I think now we found ways in the scouting community to streamline this process. I can see a path where next year is the best draft you've ever seen. Okay. The Carolina Panthers absolutely killed their draft. I was a big fan of it, yeah. I mean they were I mean they were just softballs. Softballs at every position when they came up on the clock. I don't know that I would say that. I, really, I, I would give I would give Matt Rule and and Scott Fitterer a lot of credit. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't love the first pick. I've made no qualms of J.C. Horn. I thought which, it was high. Uh, which I have argued with you about. Well, and, it was just high. Right. It was, there's no argument that it was high. There, There is no uh, way you could tell me he was the eighth best player in the strap. Now, that being said, does he fill the biggest position of need? I would say no. They obviously said yes. Mm-hmm. But then you look at Terrence Marshall, Brady Christensen, Tommy Trimble, who's going to come. I'm telling you, that's going to be. An, I, I talked about him on this show. He's going to come in and be an impact player, uh-huh. and he is really going to help Chuba Hubbard and Christian McCaffrey because I think he's going to end up being a fullback, a really, really good fullback, H back, and whatever you want. Yeah, call but it. you got all. I mean, you, you got three guys now that you can you can run out of your backfield, and. Yeah, how do they all play at the same time? That's the that, that's the question. What's the formation going to look like? Well, Trimble can play tight end. I mean, that's that's where he's going to line up naturally. Mm-hmm. But having a guy like that that I, he can catch, I, I, I got real irritated with ESPN's coverage of well, he's not much of a pass catcher because uh, he wasn't asked to be. Right? I'm not because he can't. I can show you tape that says he can. Mm-hmm. And then Davian Nixon and, and Shy Smith and I got three. so super hyped over the Davian Nixon pick, just because I mean in the fifth round I felt like that was a huge value because he is a big old boy. You put him next to Derek Brown on this offense uh, on this defensive line, that's going to be scary. There should be a lot of excitement for Carolina fans. You know, now I'm looking at you the, the way your offense is going to line up. I still don't know who's going to play left tackle. I feel like that's you might end up regretting that, right? Trading, especially with could've Trey taken, down, right? You could have taken Darisol. You could have taken a couple of guys. Well, it would have been too high there. for that. But I'm even talking about in the second round. You traded down, wound up with Terrence Marshall, which I I can't blame you for taking Terrence Marshall. You got great value on him. He's going to be on the other end of Robbie Anderson. You have DJ Moore in the slot. Yep. Uh, and you know what that is? Really, really fast. <laughs> exactly. I think it's funny. Zach Wilson looks around in New York and goes, "Wow, I have better weapons than I th- than Sam ever had." And Sam probably looks around in Charlotte and goes, "I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine down here. Okay. Don't worry about me. I got plenty of weapons it's to fine. use. Don't shed no tears for me. <laughs> I will do just fine." Well, I mean, and I could see them splitting Christian McCaffrey out quite a bit. It's going to be an interesting offense for Carolina. I'm just hoping the defense can assimilate because there are a lot of young guys on that two deep. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's virtually no veterans that are going to play high-level snaps. Right. I mean, Shaq Thompson, Hassan Reddick, Denzel Perriman. That's about it. Other than that, you're looking at a two deep that is littered with rookies and second-year guys. Mm-hmm. But this is what you have to do. I mean, you build your team through the draft you get in all of these really cheap pieces because they're going to, you know, they've already picked up the $18.8 million fifth-year option on Sam Darnold. Because, of course, they did. And they'll have to pay him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, if it works out well, they're going to have to pay him big. That's the quarterback in, in Charlotte for the long haul. Mm-hmm. I see absolutely no path that it's not. Now you're going to get a two-year audition, and if he's not the player I think he is, then you'll know that in time to rectify it. Right. I don't think you're going to have to worry about that. It's just a lot of unknown. It's a lot of unknown wondering whether or not he can get it done. That he's had three years in the league. See, and I look at that differently. we haven't seen it. But it, it, but it, well, because we give him the benefit of the doubt of, 
how horrible his coaching was with the Jets. I mean, as well you should. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at it this way. You're getting a three-year starter in the NFL that's just under a year younger or a year older than Mac Jones is. That's crazy. Yeah. He's younger than Burrow is. Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow is older than Sam Darnold. Right. And that's what you're getting. And you got him for a song. And you recouped almost all of the draft capital. The only thing that you didn't get back is the two next year. Right. But other than that, you recouped it all. Still had a full draft class. I, I mean, I think Matt Rule and Scott Fitter are doing a great job with the Carolina team. But they're doing it exactly how I said. No doubt about just it. Be patient. Mm -hmm. Don't try to jump in line. Don't just stop with the Sean Watson. You'll be fine. <laughs> I think everybody stopped with that, by the way. Uh, yeah, including possibly Houston. You ever seen a team just set a pick on fire? Uh, well, you have now. Right. And his name was Davis Mills. Oh. That might be the worst pick in the 10 years <laughs> I've been doing this. A team that's already got three quarterbacks on their roster start out the draft with taking a quarterback in the third round. I would have rather why? they took a punter. And I'm not kidding. Really? If they'd have taken, if they'd Presley, have taken Harvin. Presley Harvin, I would. Yeah. And you know what else I learned during our NFL draft spectacular? What's that? When there's a camera on me and something stupid happens, I have no ability to hide my face. Nope. None. I have a very expressive face. And as soon as that came out, I went, are you kidding me? <laughs> you wasted your first pick in the draft on a guy who will never play for your team. Well, you wasted your first two picks in the draft trading for a left tackle. Thanks, Bill O'Brien. But when that deal happened, were you were you as against it as you have been 100%. now? A hundred percent. Okay. I said the day it happened, this will kill you eventually because you're mm -hmm. not good enough. Mm -hmm. There is not a... It's what I said about the Seahawks when they traded for Jamal Adams. And I'm telling you, the regression on the Seahawks is coming. Yes. People think I've been ahead of the curve on that or, or whatever, that I'm just a Seahawk hater. No, no, no. That regression's got... You can't draft this poorly for this long. Mm -hmm. Eventually, it's going to get you. And that's where the Texans are at. The Texans are, have drafted equally as poorly to the Seahawks. Right. It just hasn't caught up to them yet. It's about to. Because that team is bad, 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 bad. <laughs> and they only had three picks in this whole draft. And they took a wide receiver with the first pick, Dwayne Eskridge, Which who's I, super fast. Yeah, he's... Uh, I, I, and sure. I mean, that's the thing. But, but I mean, that's the whole plan is uh, we're still praying that Russell Wilson will be able to uh, escape the oncoming rush from the other team because our offensive line is still pretty much Swiss cheese. And we've got really fast receivers that hopefully he can just dump it over the top with all of them. And then with one of your three picks, you did pick up a tackle late in the draft in the seventh round with Stone Forsyth, but he's not a starter in this league. I think he is. You I think so? eventually? No, I do. No, not right now. Mm, won't take long. Really? Not on that line. That line's terrible. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of holes left on NFL teams even after the draft that, that are that big or bigger. Right. Coming up uh, over the next uh, little bit here, I am going to be throwing out some team names to Jeremy, and then he is going to tell us where... They missed 
in this NFL draft, where what they did not address, or if they didn't address the need, uh, uh, I guess to his liking. Oh, there's a lot of those. Right. And uh, we will continue to take uh, your comments and questions on your NFL team's draft hall. Just give us a call here in the Ingles studio, 252-4348-252-4348. You're in the sports tank. Take all this, burn it, okay? Gasoline, kerosene, either one. Burn it. It's ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400 live from the Ingalls studio. Tank Spencer and Jeremy Green and uh, phone lines are open 252-4348-252-4348. You want to talk about your team's NFL draft class, get questions, uh, whatever, give us a phone call here, uh, 252-4348. Where did they miss? It's going to be the uh, the theme here. Over the next little bit here in the sports tank with Jeremy Green, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start you out with a uh, with a softball here. The Miami Dolphins. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Cincinnati Bengals. I was going to no. say I was going to scream Penny Sewell's <laughs> name before you get it out of your mouth. <laughs> the Miami Dolphins. Where did they miss? Not getting a running back. Yep. I mean that's the biggest the biggest deficiency to me. I mean, Penny Sewell would have been a luxury pick, and Jalen Waddle was a luxury pick, mm-hmm. and I have no issue with that. Where I think you went awry is you took Jalen Phillips too high. 18's too high for a guy that's already retired once. And I understand that he's a, an elite pass rusher. He was my number one pass rusher. I just think you took him too high. Now, I'm not saying you should have taken a running back there. Miami's one of those, like, it's like a Rubik's Cube to me. Of I can't tell you exactly how you should have fixed this. I just yeah. know you should have fixed it. <laughs> because Javante Williams, Denver trades up right in front of him. ETN and, and Najee Harris went in the first round. Right. And then there's not like a lot of ready-made starters, but they're guys that I think have a role. Mm-hmm. And I look at them with Miles Gaskin and go, "That's that's not good enough. You're gonna have to do something better than that." Which they could be a player in in the free agent market. I just realized Trey Sermon was the fourth running back to get drafted, and that makes me laugh a lot. <laughs> Eye popping yeah. stats. Yeah, here's your uh, here's where you boo booed it. You should have taken Kenneth Gainwell one of the six times you could have before Philadelphia. Uh huh. That's another name that fell that I just do not understand. I don't either. I really don't. I, you know, and, and and I thought he would kind of live off of the bump that Antonio Gibson gave the Washington football team this year because Kenny Gainwell was the starter at well, Memphis. And I will say this. Opt-out guys got pushed down. Yeah. Unless you were an elite talent, the opt-out guys got pushed down. Mm-hmm. How about, uh, oh, the, we had some fun with this one. If you haven't checked out our social media accounts uh, at the Sportsocracy <laughs> oh, I know on all headed. of the social medias, uh, night one was really fun. Old, uh, old Brian Haynes, our new third man on the Sportsocracy, uh, he earned his stripes on Thursday night. He was not happy with the pick of Kadarius Tony at the number 20 pick. Uh, so obviously... That's probably the glaring, the one glaring miss for the uh, New York Giants. But what what else? I would, I mean, that's the only one to me. I like that they got Aziz Ojolari in the second round. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest with you, mentally, I've swapped those two. 
You got Ojolari at 20, you took Kadarius Tony in the second round, and I'm and it, much happier with it. And it makes it all work. It makes it all make way more sense. <laughs> I can't figure out how many receivers these teams need. Right. I'm like, Cincinnati, the Giants, there's a series of teams. How many receivers do you need exactly? Mm-hmm. Because they both have four. Yep. That should well, play a lot of snaps. Well, in a passing league, just throw as many weapons as you can at them. I and I don't disagree with that, but I don't understand passing on bigger needs. Mm-hmm. Like I look at the Giants and go, "What exactly are you planning on doing at left tackle?" Right. I was very shocked that they did not get an offensive lineman in the draft. Oh, I told you, once you get out of the first round, it gets hard. Mm-hmm. But the Bears, uh, they found a way. Yeah, they found a guy, and now Charles Leno, he's gone. He's gone. Bye, Charles. Now that's a guy that's going to be starting for somebody. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's going to be good, right? This is how bad the tackle class was. You remember what I said about Tevin Jenkins? That this is a guy that probably could come in and start on the right side. You want to be kind of not necessarily. You don't necessarily want to be slow with him. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to put too much on him too quick, right? The Bears with a quarterback they traded up for in a situation that possibly could not be worse for him went. Yeah, that guy's our left tackle. We're good. Chat lot sealed up. Championship. Bye. <laughs> The Bears are such a train wreck. So you, you didn't like the Bears draft at all? Not really. And, and as a matter of fact, by not really, I mean no, not at all. Really? And I like Tevin Jenkins. I don't like the fact you're planning on playing him on the left side. Right. This is not what he is. And I, I think it's funny. The teams that do this, they tend to do it over and over mm-hmm. and over again. Mm-hmm. Well, they just think their, their, their coaching is so good that they'll be able to coach them up. I, I and, and I'll be honest with you. There were a couple picks. That, I mean, I like that they got Daz Newsom at the end of the sixth round. Mm-hmm. Thomas Graham, uh huh, Kyrus Tonga. These are all guys. Mm-hmm. They're just guys. You traded up for Justin Fields. You had two picks in the first four rounds, and now at receiver, you're rolling with Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller and Daz Newsom. But was it not the move they needed to make? No. It makes no sense. It makes zero sense. This is what bad teams do. This is why the bad teams stay the bad teams forever. Because you just keep chasing. It's like a dog chasing cars. You wouldn't know what to do with one if you caught it. Right. And that's just what they do. It's just constantly, it's just a dog in the middle of an expressway trying to catch bumpers on the back of cars. But is or is not Justin Fields better than anything they could have trotted out this year? Is he not better than Andy Dalton? Talent wise, yeah, yes. Is he going to be this year? No, no, he won't be. Will, will he better be better than what Mitch Trubisky would have brought you? Yes. No. Oh, come not on. The, not in year one. He won't. I want you to understand what they're asking of him. We gutted this team of draft capital. We have one other pick in the first two days that that's miscast because we had to take the best player on the, on the board, right? Because we had to give up all this draft capital to get you. So now you have a, a right tackle playing left tackle. Your line's not good. You have a running back that had four games last year that were the first time he's had a pulse in, in the entire time he's been in the NFL. And you have one receiver. You have one high-level receiver. What does that tell you you're going to see from defenses? When, and Justin Fields is going to play way earlier than some of these people think. I mean, they're going to blanket Allen Robinson and dare Justin Fields to try to throw to somebody Dude, else. I dare you to. Yeah. Darnell Mooney, 54 high-level tight window throws in your career. Fire it in there to Allen Robinson. Right. I dare you. Right. 
It's. I mean, it's a. It, there's. I'm sure a worse scenario for Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what it was. Who? What would have been worse? Oh, I could. Well, what would have been worse was Jacksonville takes him over Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> oh, that would have been fun. That would have been a good few days. That'd been a good few years. I'd have never let that go. Right. But I mean, other than that, anything that was a realistic possibility, mm-hmm. it just didn't make sense. You've got a short-term coaching staff and a long-term prospect. How many times have you said? I feel like this book's been written so many times yeah. that you should know the ending. It's kind of like a horror movie. They all have the exact same plot. Mm-hmm. You're gonna run around and oh, he's behind the door. Ah! Oh no! That's what this is. I mean, the Chicago Bears are just a blockbuster horror movie. Chicago Chainsaw Massacre. (laughs) Uh, We're talking about the NFL draft. I'm so doing that. I I just had a really good idea. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm going down a path. Nice. I always love it when you go down paths. It always tends to end up meaning more work. Yay! We're talking about the NFL draft here at the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green recapping uh, the the misses here. We're going through where did the teams that drafted this weekend miss uh, in their opportunities to land future impact players. If you want to get uh, your comments in on your team's NFL draft, just give us a call here in the Ingles studio at 252-4348-252-4348. The sports tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. All right, one thing that we did see over the weekend is apparently uh, Michael Vick, he's still got some wheels on him. Although, uh, although yeah. he doesn't think so. Uh, yeah, he would literally, he would dust Mac Jones in a 40 right now. <laughs> Uh, just two months before his 41st birthday, Michael Vick ran an officially timed 40 yard dash and he ran a 472 at almost 41 years old. Afterward, he said, uh, apparently I just can't run anymore. Like he was so dejected that he couldn't churn out a 44 like he ran when he came out of high or came out of college. He was just so upset. But there was one guy in the NFL who thought he did all right, and that was Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes shared the video of Michael Vick running the uh, 4.72 40-yard dash at nearly 41 years old and said, he's faster than I am. Because <laughs> at his pro day, Patrick Mahomes ran a 4.8. Do you know how many quarterbacks in this draft class ran faster than a 4.72? Uh, one. No, it's two. Really? It's Justin Fields. And no, I don't know. Felipe Franks ran a four Felipe. six five. Did he really? Yeah, that's it. There's not another one. Yeah, I'll give you a dollar if you can tell me who the third fastest quarterback in this draft class was. Third fastest quarterback in this draft was Kellen Mond. Nope. No, Kellen Mond. To my knowledge, Kellen Mond didn't run. If he did, I don't have it in my notes. Ian Book. Davis Mills ran a four seven no eight. No way. Davis Mills ran a four seven eight. Mac Jones ran a four seven nine. <laughs> That's three and four. With two broke knees. Uh he he was the third fastest uh mm-hmm. wide or, uh, quarterback in the draft. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now a lot of quarterbacks didn't run, so that's a very biased thing. Right. 
It's, I mean, it's impressive at 41 years old that you can still run a 4.72. Absolutely. I think I could run a 47.2. <laughs> and I'm not 41 years old. <laughs> Uh, something that got lost over the weekend, top ranked junior basketball player, Imoni Bates, widely considered one of the best high school basketball prospects in the past decade, announced over the weekend that he is decommitting from Michigan state and reopening his recruitment. I'll bet you, you don't hear another college associated with him. Nope. Because his recruitment is now down to the G league. Mm -hmm. Going to join the old ignite team. huh? And this is a guy that straight up said, I don't plan on doing that. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, changed his mind. Well, yeah. And if you think this doesn't have something to do with the leadership issues at the head of the NCAA, I have a bridge to sell you. Oh, come on. Did And and did you notice that as well? While we were all in just the, the heat of NFL draft coverage and everything, the NCAA like, slipped in that little announcement that they had extended Mark Emmert's contract till, through the 2025 academic year i don't think anybody would have cared i mean we could have been talking about curling i don't think we were breaking down mark emmert's contract extension no we weren't going to but i i just love the fact that it was one of these that like the news came out at like 9 p.m i think it was on thursday night during the first round of the nfl draft hoping that they wouldn't get any blowback from it the nfl draft is a very good time to hide announcements if you don't want people to talk about them which is one that any other day that would have been the headline on every talk radio show across America. Did you see the, uh, the, there, I don't remember if it was Nielsen. Somebody put this out. There was a study done on how much time people that do what we do. Yeah. Devoted to the NFL draft. Uh huh. Do you realize we talked on a whole as sports media, we talked more about the NFL draft than we talked about the world series and the NBA finals combined. No doubt. That is that insane to me. That doesn't surprise me at all. Because it's it's just more interesting. Baseball has, you know, we talked about it before. Baseball has the lack of storylines. Uh, the NBA with the NBA Finals. So many people were out on that. You saw how the ratings came out for the, for the NBA Finals. It's, it's no doubt. You want it talked about more then you got to put your eyeballs on it because every show is going to go through and see what gets the what generates an audience and what doesn't and right now the NFL is king and there's not even a good close second absolutely i you know what's second the NFL draft that's second <laughs> the NFL draft you you're you're parsing that away from the NFL as a whole I mean, the top three sports in, in in all of sports media at this point are the NFL, college football, and the NFL draft. And I don't even think that's debatable. No, I don't even think it's, it's debatable. It's not debatable. And literally, earlier today, I was watching Colin Cowherd. He talked about baseball for five seconds and then went, I don't even really know who these people are, and just moved on. <laughs> Did he actually it was say that? beautiful. It was hilarious. He basically said, you don't care, and I don't know who they are, so let's move on. He bashed the Dodgers and then just immediately got past it. Oh, wow. Hilarious. It was hilarious. Baseball, you know, baseball really tries, but nobody really cares until playoff time, and even at playoff time, the number is way too low. I mean, but this is a big story. 
Amoni Bates is like the definition of the guy that the NCAA cannot be losing. Mm-hmm. Because this is, I mean, I'm not going to say he's LeBron level good. He's Andrew Wiggins level good. Andrew Wiggins, Ben Simmons, that's probably the two biggest of the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And he's as good, if not better. Came out and said, I don't intend on going to the G League, doing any of those things. And then he just sat back and watched it and went, why? Yeah. Why would I not? Didn't hurt the three guys that did it this year. Mm-hmm. They'll all be in the top ten of the draft. You think so? Solely because the good is that good. Right. So it's not going to hurt them monetarily. I'm afraid it's going to hurt their development. Right. I'm afraid five years from now we're going to look back on this and go, yeah, maybe this one not good. I was going to say, that, it's one of those things that you have to wait a few years to see how the development of these young guys pans out mm-hmm. and whether or not they're going to be. Yeah. Yeah, because currently none of them can play defense. Now, in the NBA, that may or not that may or may not be that big of a deal. It's not. It's really not. I By mean, the, how many good defensive teams are there in the NBA? Like uh, six. I, I have uh in my head. Uh, the Utah Jazz are pretty good defensively, but now they've sped up on offense, so they're not even. The last I looked, they weren't even in the top of the league in right. defensive metrics. Well, I mean, Denver's a good defensive team. Miami's a good defensive team. Miami's pretty good, yeah. Um, the Hornets aren't a bad defensive team. Did you happen to see that full court pass that, that Lamelo ball? That I was did. insane. I love. If you didn't see what I'm talking about, he basically bowled one ninety feet <laughs> to beat the buzzer. It was unbelievable. He just underhand threw it perfectly. Yep. Who I don't even I don't even know who caught it. Terry was, Rozier. Terry Rozier catches it out of the basket and just lays it in. Yep. Pistol Pete Maravich had literally done the exact same thing way back in the day. Mm-hmm. I think George Carl posted that. He's got some next-level passing skills. He really does. He's and just I, a super talented kid. He's yeah. a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. I, I it's That's one of the ones that I regret being so low, so so down on. When I, I, I was just screaming, please don't draft LaMelo Ball. And now he's... He's the straw that stirs the drink. Oh, for I mean, the I tried Hornets. to tell you that. Oh, uh, you did. I, I, this is two man draft. It's James Weissman, Lamelo Ball. Right. I was a little lower on Anthony Edwards than I should have been, mm-hmm. but he's in Minnesota, so no one would know. Right. So I was wrong about that, and nobody cares. All right. Where did they miss in the NFL draft? We're continuing to uh, roll on with the NFL draft. Post-mortem here in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. Uh, oh, let's uh, let's go down the path of the Los Angeles Chargers because this one's going to be hard because they had such a good draft. Where did they go wrong? Uh, the, uh, <laughs> he doesn't even have one. I, I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. If you listen to me when I said uh, take the Chargers, the the long Super Bowl odds, whatever they were, right? I promise you they're smaller now than they were. And by the way, if you want the cinch bet of the year, who do you think the favorite for rookie of the year in the NFL is? The favorite for rookie of the year, it's got to be Trevor. Mm-hmm. Who's two? Zach. No. Justin Fields is two. Which oh, is, is so really? stupid. That's dumb. that's so dumb. Yeah. Zach Wilson's three. Kyle Pitts is plus one thousand. I'm gonna say that again. Kyle Pitts is plus one thousand. Hit that bell. Uh well, how many piece of that one? I, uh, I'm gonna. Ha- I already have a decent chunk of it. I'm not even a betting man, and that makes me want to uh 
set up an account <laughs> just so I could get in on that action. Because he'd be... He, I'm he blown be away. Yeah. Just simply because all the quarterbacks basically went into... They either went into bad situations or they're not going to play. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance won't play early. Justin Fields is not going to play enough games to win Rookie of the Year. And Mac Jones' receiving core looks a lot like the two of us. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't think Justin's going to start right away? I don't think he's not going to start right away. I know he's not going to start right away. You remember that thing I told you about uh, Justin Fields is a great long-term pick for the yeah. Bears? It doesn't really mean squat to Matt Nagy. You're asking a guy to go from the most rudimentary college offense you'll ever see, and literally Ohio State players have said that. That's not me being spicy, spicy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that offense is not super high level, not the thickest playbook you've ever seen in your life. So he's going from that to a Andy Reid level playbook. You think he's going to start week one? Because right. I'm confident he's not. I don't think. He'll I don't start care week if one. he's the smartest quarterback that ever lived. Going from one to the other? No, you're not going to be not with that lack of weapons and that lack of you. You don't have a blocking tight end on the roster. Mm-hmm. You don't have a it, it, the weapons are below average. Oh yeah, Justin Fields won't start till when I see the schedule. I'll tell you the week he starts because I'll give you a hint. It's going to be the week after the bye week, and I don't really care when that is because it's probably the week Matt Nagy gets fired. Right. I have this funny feeling, and just I know it. It, it doesn't quote unquote work this way. I have a funny feeling when we see the schedule. The Bears are going to have a lot of, oh, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers, high-level quarterbacks early in the year. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to set up for them to be 2-5. and five. And that's when you trot out field. Right. I mean, the fan base will be screaming for it. We've already seen this once. I mean, you remember, you, you do remember how Mitch Trubisky came to pass, right? Refresh my Mike memory. Glennon was the starter. Oh, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. so god awful that the fan base basically had a mutiny, mm-hmm. and they had to put Mitch Trubisky in Week Four when he was in no way ready. Right, and they broke him. And much the same is going to happen to Justin Fields. I could easily see it happening. Yeah, he's not know. a Justin Fields is a guy in this scenario. The best that this could turn out for for the Bears long term is he does not snap a football this year. That's not going to happen. Depends. I don't. I never thought they would give up that much draft capital to a coaching staff that has one bad month and they're fired. Right. So there might be more leeway in Chicago than we think there is. Maybe so. Now, why? I have absolutely no idea. I don't think there's any chance uh, of him not seeing the field this year. Andy Dalton's just not going to get it done for you, and we know Nick Foles ain't going to get it done for you. And with the pressure that that front office is under, they're going to have to try to win some games. And unfortunately, I think trotting the rookie out there is going to be their best scenario to try to do that. I don't, and that's why I think you're not going to see him for much longer than you're obviously thinking. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, where did they miss in the draft? Uh, whatever led to Howie Roseman being the GM. That, that That's where they missed. Oh, man. If you didn't see the video of him bouncing around like a lunatic after they took Milton Williams, and he gets to senior scout Tom Donahoe, and he's trying to give him a fist bump, and Tom, he's just, get away from me. (laughs) I mean, he just just limply puts his fist up there, and then he says something that elicits Howie Roseman to, what? Right. 
I wish I could read his lips because I would kill to know what he said. He's like, because I think it's destroyed this team. I think it's something to the extent of you are a moron, and I want you as far away from me as humanly possible right now. (laughs) That was one of my favorite parts of draft day. Yeah, if you really want to know how your those live in the The war room room, cams, those are really telling of how your team feels about each other because there's a synergy in really good draft rooms. I, I, I noticed it with the Colts. I thought theirs was pretty good. I noticed it with the Jets. Right. I noticed it with a few other teams. And then there were others where it was like, does anybody in this room hate each other? Yeah. Because you're not even look, you're not even acknowledging each the other. The Detroit Lions. That the, one was pretty good. The, door, the Detroit Lions war room with Dan Campbell watching the te- the 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 monitor like he's watching the fourth down play in a you know in, in a deciding game for the NFC Championship or something like he's just you know hands on the knees just locked in just waiting to see what it I guess what it looks like on the television. I did. Uh, somebody posted a thing on Twitter, and I would I would give them credit if I could remember who it was. But they were commenting on what Dan Campbell was wearing. Because Dan Campbell's not much of a suit guy. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know him personally, but I can just assume he's not much the suit type. Mm-hmm. And the comment was, Dan Campbell looks like somebody that got pulled over for doing 95 and a 35 and had to pull this out of the back of the closet to go to court. <laughs> and once you see it, you can't unsee it. Right. Because that shirt looked like, it's probably not off this year's collection. <laughs> Like he had had it for a while. Yeah. Once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. And every time they showed Detroit, I was like, he's got like three sets of the same outfit. Yeah. Like that, he slept in this room for like, three days. Like that was his special date shirt when he, yeah. you know, 15 the, years ago. Yeah, this was the third date shirt. <laughs> and now it's his draft shirt. Right. <laughs> you hated the fact, though, that Philadelphia traded up to get Devontae Smith. Trade ups are for good teams. Trade-ups are for good teams or for quarterbacks. Other mm-hmm. than that, no. Never, ever, 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 ever. Right. That's one of those draft rules that I just live by. You traded up for a wide receiver. Cool. You don't have a quarterback. That's like buying a sports car and you don't know how to drive a stick. Uh, I mean, it looks very pretty in the driveway. Right. But you can't use it. And I'm not saying Philadelphia didn't need receivers. Mm-hmm. I just, You have one. You have one and one that you took last year. So now you actually have too much draft capital invested in receivers. Mm-hmm. And they're still not good. You've got one that's good. One that maybe will be one day. Devontae Smith is your good. Mm-hmm. And then Jalen Rager is I your I just don't maybe. get it. I, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm looking at Philadelphia. You could have sat right there. You could have sat at 12. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, Devontae Smith was going to come off the board in front of you. And in the second round, you could have taken Terrace Marshall. You could have taken De'Ami Brown. There were a lot of guys that were going to be on the board for you. Right. So instead, you trade up to get a receiver and you give up draft capital on a team that is hemorrhaged by the cap and could really use some cheap roster filler kind of guys. And you gave that up to get a receiver? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Philadelphia, I, that's another team. You know, Houston was the only... Really ugly grade with the AFC teams. Right. Philadelphia's one with the NFC. And so is Chicago. The Green Bay Packers. All of the discussion around draft day was about the Green Bay Packers. Because the story came out that Aaron Rodgers wants out of town. And then it just kept snowballing from there. Of he wants out. And then it became 
he's just not coming back. I want to open the second, the, the four o'clock hour. Yeah. I want to open that with Green Bay because I have a take on Green Bay that's okay. a little different. Okay. All right. We'll open the four o'clock hour with that one. Um, real quick, another team where they missed New Orleans Saints. I think you think you're better than you are. Every pick that they made makes me think that they believe they're better than they actually are. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that they're bad. Like Peyton Turner, it was a reach. I understand you love him. You think he can be Marcus Davenport, all these other things. You took him too high. Yeah. If And I said this about another team. If you had pushed their whole draft down around, I'd feel great about it. Except Ian Book. Drafting Ian Book was stupid. If you had taken Ian Book with the last pick in this draft, I would have still, still said it was stupid. <laughs> you, you took, took him, him in the fourth, fourth round. round. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do find it funny that they now have three quarterbacks, two of whom cannot throw and one who throws too much. Right. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. We'll see if Jeremy can win you some money. Coming up next, Green on Green and the Monkey Knife Fight on the way. Here in Beer City, we take homegrown seriously. And since 2012, Wicked Weed Brewing has been pushing the boundaries of the industry. They've not only created staples like the Freak of Nature Double IPA, Lieutenant Dank, and Pernicious, but they also opened the first sour beer tap room on the East Coast. Wicked Weed has also supported our local community to the tune of $1.6 million with the Beers That Build program. Visit one of their four locations, schedule a brewery tour, or place an order for pickup or delivery. WickedWeedBrewing.com Coffee still closes on. Get him the money. Then when you get the money, you get the power. That watch costs more than your car. Then when you get the power, then you get the win. I have never felt better about four picks on a Monday than I feel today. I have four picks for you in the NBA. The first two I'm going to lump together. I have a little trivia question for you. There are two teams in the NBA that are as hot, about as hot as you can get. Name them. The Washington Wizards. That's one. And the uh, Brooklyn Nets? The New York Knicks. Ooh. The Wizards are 14-1-1 against the spread in their last 16. The Knicks are 14-1. and Wow. Give you a hint. That's kind of where I'm leading with this. <laughs> okay. The Washington Wizards are a four-point favorite tonight against the Indiana Pacers. Indiana has fallen apart like an old car. The wheels have fallen off. They're playing guys that I didn't even know were still in the league. I think Washington is going to boat race them solely because they can't stop Bradley Beal. Him playing on the wing, playing as a forward, not as a guard, has completely changed the game. Give me the Wizards minus four. The Knicks are a three-and-a-half-point dog tonight to Memphis. I don't even kind of understand that. I like Memphis. Memphis is playing well. The Knicks are one of the hottest teams in the NBA. And I you know, I understand that you're not going to have uh, a couple players for the Knicks tonight, but you still have Julius Randle. There's no... Uh, uh, my uh, manual quickly is uh, oh no quickly's in hmm somebody's out yeah. can't figure out what it is okay don't care that's why the lines <laughs> move so much give me the Knicks I'll take the Knicks outright plus the three and a half next up the Philadelphia 76ers are a six point favorite against the Chicago Bulls uh, is Ben Simmons playing sure is Joel Joel Embiid playing yep that's enough for me give me the Wizards minus the six finally my 2021 NBA champion uh, Denver Nuggets nine and one without Jamal Murray and they're playing the Lakers tonight without LeBron James the Lakers look brutal now they're missing Dennis Schroeder this number's moved two points in the last three hours it's only up to four and a half I think this is going to be a boat race give me the Denver Nuggets minus the four and a half 
Go and do likewise, gents. The money's out there. You pick it up, it's yours. You don't, I got no sympathy for you. All right, let's follow up those spicy picks with the Monkey Knife Fight play of the night. Go to monkeyknifefight.com today. Set yourself up an account when you make your initial investment. Monkeyknifefight.com will match it up to $50 and give you a $5 free free play. But you have to use our promo code TANK, T-A-N-K, at monkeyknifefight.com. What's the play of the night, Jeremy Green? I am playing the more or less 3.6x multiplier in the Washington Wizards and Indiana Pacers. I will rarely, I'm I'm going to do something I don't do very often. I'm going to take less on both sides. I'll go less than 31 and a half points for Bradley Beal, less than 22 and a half points for Karis LeVert. That will take your $5 buy-in and turn it into an $18 prize. What is going on with the Green Bay Packers? We'll chop it up after SportsCenter. It's next right here on ESPN Asheville. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm... I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It's ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Second hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check them out at wickedweedbrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing. Drink different. Speaking of different, things could be very, very different for the Green Bay Packers moving forward. On draft night, right before the draft started on Thursday, we started to get this wind of Aaron Rodgers does not like the situation that he's in in Green Bay. Um... You know, last year, the draft was also time to talk about the Green Bay Packers because they took Jordan Love in the first round of the draft and really ticked off Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers comes out and wins the MVP, and then he decided, I think, to embarrass the Green Bay Packers much the way they did him last year. And now you've got guys... You know, experts and people that are close to the Green Bay Packers organization saying there could be a 5% chance that he ever plays another snap for the Green Bay Packers. If the Green Bay Packers do not fire Brian Gutekunst, I'll put that at a 0% chance he ever plays another down for the Green Bay Packers. And I'm going to be really honest with you. That's not even the part I want to talk about with this. Okay. Because I think that's going to play itself out. Mm -hmm. If Jordan Love was any good, Aaron Rodgers would be on another team right now. He's not. He's not. Mm -hmm. And this is why I routinely tell you, stop it with with quarterbacks if it's not the best one or it's not your guy. Mm -hmm. Stop it. You're not good. The the days of Tom Brady, that's over. That ship has sailed. You're not finding this guy, this this long-term guy that's going to win you Super Bowls. Mm Mm-hmm. At 26 in the draft. You're not. Think of every quarterback that could legitimately win a Super Bowl. All right, pick the, just just in your head. Yeah. Think of the guys that can actually win a Super Bowl. Okay. Who are they? Well, you got Tom Brady. Oh, well, Brady's 84 years old, so 
<laughs> well, he did just win a now, Super Bowl. I understand that, but the game has changed. He was drafted 21 years ago. Mm. His draft status means nothing to me. So you're talking young. No, I'm talking about anybody in the last 10 years. Oh, because okay. Russell Wilson was the last one. Right. I mean, I would put Josh Allen on that list. Seven. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is on that list. Ten. Um, I don't know. Uh, it gets real bleak from there. I mean, it do- it does. I don't know that I've ever seen the top hat the the top five contenders in the NFL have more separation from the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. But even go young guys. All right, think of the young guys that you think could legitimately win a Super Bowl one day. Right. There's only a handful of them. Justin Herbert. Yeah, he went uh, six. Mm-hmm. Two of them went five. Mm-hmm. Name Dak. me a high level. throwing Dak in there. He can't win a Super Bowl. You don't think so? No. No. Because you're and – I don't remember exactly how this was termed. I don't like paying great money for good players. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, the thing about what Dallas did over the weekend – the defense is better. Yeah. You think it's good? No. no. You have one starting level corner on your team. It'll be certain. One. Mm-hmm. Oh, it'll be bottom 10 in the league. Really? It's not even debatable. Okay. Oh, in terms of yards allowed, points scored against, oh, they'll be bottom 10, bottom 10 in the league. And they'll be substantially better than they were last year. Mm-hmm. You're not finding a quarterback like that. The 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 Sit the guy and groom him for a year? We're we're done with that. That that's not happening again. Ever. But if they sit the whole year, right. if they pull the Pat Mahomes and they play in the the final game because it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to see much of that. I mean, really, think about the five guys that just got drafted: Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, day one, right. no doubt. Yeah, not even anybody could threaten them on the roster. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance, I think he'll play quicker than you think he will. Yeah. Unless Jimmy Garoppolo is just otherworldly good. And I got news for you. That's a tough division. I don't know that Trey will play this year. I really don't. I'll take the under on that. Mm -hmm. I will 100% take the under on that. And I couldn't tell you if it'll be for injury or Jimmy just not being what they want him to be. And see, that's the thing. It it, it may be for injury because Jimmy has a problem staying Mm -hmm. healthy. And Trey Lance may get a shot. To start a game this year. I but see a path that, that you see Jimmy Garoppolo come out in the first five weeks and they're two and three and the fan base gets unsettled. Oof. And they go, we want to see that other element. We want to see the kid that can run. We want right. to see what you traded three ones to go up and get. Right. I mean, there is a legitimate path, yes, to that happening. I just don't foresee it. Because uh, I, 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 I would be shocked if they lose many more than three games all year. They will. They 100% will. <laughs> I think you undervalue how good that that division is. There's nobody in that division that's going 13-4. and four. You can't hold up playing each other, mm-hmm. let alone the rest of your schedule. Oh, yeah, between the Cardinals and the Rams and the Seahawks. and I get it. I, I understand where you're going with that. I mean, it's going to be tough to get out of your division with less than three losses. Do you know, good gracious, do you know who they play this year? The San Francisco 49ers? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Who? At, well, obviously the division. Yeah. At home, they play the Packers, Vikings, Texans, Colts, and the Falcons. On the road, they play the Bears, Lions, Jaguars, Titans, Eagles, Bengals. There are a couple winnable games in there. There are some really tough games in that. I heard a lot of winnable games in that one. Uh, I didn't. 
Yeah, you're playing the Bears on the road. So most likely, unless you get lucky and that gets scheduled in September, it's going to be six degrees. <laughs> okay. The Lions, yes, you're right, that's a winnable game. So is the Jaguars, so is the Bengals, so is the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Other than that, there's a lot of Titans. That bear, the, the, the Bears even still going to be good. Mm-hmm. I think the Vikings are going to be markedly improved. The Packers are pretty good. The Colts are a Super Bowl contender. And I think the Falcons are going to be better than people think they are. They're yeah. going to be hard to stop, mainly because they have 97 weapons. But that's kind of how that defense, how, uh, I mean, how that team's built. Uh, their defense will be stronger than their offense, and their offense is pretty good. San Francisco. Yeah, I think you're overvaluing it. They Maybe. lost a lot. I, and I like that team. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not trying to say I don't like that team. I'm just saying that schedule is brutal. Yeah. Yes, there are some winnable games, but that is, depending on how that is arranged, which we will be doing a live schedule release. Uh, what is that, May 13th? Uh, yep. In the sportsocracy, we will be live for the schedule release. I'm going to make a lot of jokes at several teams' expense. I promise you. <laughs> the Houston Texans. I'm going to try my best to figure out a team they can beat. Mm-hmm. It is going to be a deep dive because I've already seen who they play. But my point. Mm-hmm. Do the, they the, play the Lions at any point? That'll be. No. <laughs> the Eagles, are they on their schedule? Uh, be. They better hope so because that's the only two teams I could <laughs> even possibly see them beating. <laughs> right, exactly. But the point of what I'm of where I was getting with this Aaron Rodgers thing, right? If the, if Green Bay saw anything in Jordan Love, do you realize how much you could get for Aaron Rodgers, even at 36 years old? Yeah. Miami got three ones from San Francisco to move down nine picks to take a guy that might be really good. Mm-hmm. What do you think John Gruden and Mike Mayock would be willing to come off of for Aaron Rodgers? It's going to have to be a lot. Three ones. You start at three ones. Everything I have heard, everyone I've talked to has said it's three ones. And I don't even know if that's enough. It would be three ones and a player. And for me, if Jordan Love was any good, that's good enough. Yeah. That's good enough. I would say. I start the clock. I would say two starters, two young starters is what it's going to have to be, plus three draft picks. But Green Bay has told you point blank he's not any good. Mm Mm-hmm. They've told you that because if he was, he would be playing right now because he's still on a rookie deal and there's no way out of this. This is what I keep saying. A lot of people, I get a lot of flack for things I say about the draft. It's because I'm thinking about this when other people don't. Mm-hmm. If you remember when they made this pick, we were live on air when this happened. Yep. And I said, there's not a fun way out of this because Aaron Rodgers is not done yet. You took a quarterback too early and you traded up to do it. Mm-hmm. And so any deficiency on the roster is going to really make him angry because you wasted premium draft capital to get a guy that's got no shot of playing. Uh huh. When they should have gone out and got a wide receiver, when they should have given him something to work with rather than drafting a quarterback. And, and now as loud following as, that up with a running back. And now as loud as Aaron Rodgers is, and, and it's not him directly doing it, but I promise you he's behind I'm, it. Yeah. No doubt. He's making sure this gets out there. And the fact that they're not even considering it. Brian Goonsbitz, did you hear what he came out and said about teams that called? No. He said one team called. Really? And that was John Lynch literally said it. He said we called. So you can't say nobody called because the GM of another team said, well, I did. Yeah. I just don't know how you paint yourself into this corner. And we all saw it's it coming. It's super predictable. Right, we all saw it coming. 
And I just think thing- it's funny that teams do this routinely. Because the, the, the Chicago Bears just did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. You just painted yourself into a corner. You traded up to get a quarterback. Now you're stuck. There's no waiting him out. The first sign of trouble he will be playing, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if he's ready. Because the fan base doesn't care. Right. Because we've gotten so ravenous in the NFL that the fan base completely dictates what you do. Whether you want it to be that way or not, it doesn't matter. Well, and we also get swayed by what these guys are able to accomplish in college. And you've got to stop that. Right. You see Justin Fields out there just lighting up Big Ten defenses and throwing these 40-yard bombs to Chris Olave. And, you know, you go... That guy can definitely play in the NFL, and you don't realize that it's a different game, and it takes a whole lot more uh, in between the ears to diagnose NFL defenses and have to have a lot more talent to be able to squeeze the ball into tight windows. There's a whole lot more that goes into that. How many times did we see Justin Fields get creamed by pass rushers because he couldn't make the decision quick enough to get get the ball out? Do you think that's going to get better or worse in the NFL when he has to face tough defenses. Here's the other thing. Justin Fields is from Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. He started at Georgia. Mm-hmm. His two worst games at Ohio State, what did they have in common? They were against tough competition? It was really cold outside. Ah, okay. And you just wound up outside in the coldest <laughs> place on earth right. with a tremendous amount of wind. Yeah. I haven't heard one person say that yet, and I cannot for the life of me figure out why. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because I'm a Jets fan, and I know I've, I've watched several good quarterbacks. I think Sam Darnold was a talented quarterback. The winds in the Meadowlands are just a little bit different. Coming off the water, you got all the things that swirls in there because of where the stadium's located. It's worse in Chicago. You want to know why they haven't had a quarterback in 400 years? It's not because they haven't had any talent. One, the infrastructure is terrible. It is a team that's predicated on defense and has been for 40 years. Mm-hmm. The other one, it's not an easy place to play. It's cold a lot. Yep. And you need a high-level talent that's able to play in the cold. I don't think Justin Fields is that. And dude needs to eat a sandwich because he doesn't have enough blubber on him to be able to protect him from the cold. <laughs> Justin Fields is, I mean, he's 220. So, I mean, I, I don't think that's a problem. My problem is that I've never – the two worst games I ever saw you play were the two coldest games I ever saw you play. Right. One was against Indiana. One was against Northwestern. And it was cold, and you looked uncomfortable and bad. Mm-hmm. And now the Bears have drawn themselves into the corner. And you literally just watched the team in your own division do it. Right. I will never understand what some teams look at at quarterback. And I heard Trent Dilfer this morning talking about how Zach Wilson is from a small city in Utah and can he handle the bright lights of New York City. Do you realize how stupid that take is? And I love Trent Dilfer. Did you see Zach Wilson at the draft? He seemed to really bask He's a rock in star. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He seemed to super bask in the spotlight. Right. I don't think that's going to be a problem. Now, it was for Sam Darnold to a point. I don't think he loved the bright lights and the mm-hmm. and the media scrutiny. Mm-hmm. I well, noticed it when he got see a ghost. Well, that was New England. <laughs> that was that was the fact he didn't have a whole lot of talent around him. But I just think we look at some of the wrong things when you look at quarterbacks. Mac Jones. I'll give you another example. Yeah. What is the high side for Mac Jones? The high side for Mac mm-hmm. Jones. Um, What's the best he could be in that situation? Uh, Alex Smith. He's not as mobile as Alex Smith. True. 
This kid's a statue. Kirk Cousins? Oh, I don't think he can be Kirk Cousins good. Okay. I don't. Not in that system. With Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar and a bunch of tight ends and a couple running backs. Mm-hmm. I feel like they painted themselves in a corner, too. And you know why? Because they needed a quarterback, and a quarterback fell in their lap. Mm-hmm. Have you heard the story that came out today? About that New Mac? England considered passing on Mac Jones, even though he fell directly in their lap? Do you know what that tells me? Yeah, I wouldn't let that First get of out. all, that came from somewhere. Yeah, I wouldn't let that, that get that, out. That didn't just get made up in the ether somewhere. <laughs> if you were considering passing on him, yeah, means he's not the guy. Yeah. Means he's not the guy. The Jets never considered passing on Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody tells you. I told you it was Zach Wilson from Jump Street. Never considered Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Never considered Trey Lance. They do their due diligence? Sure. Zach Wilson was the pick from February on. Trevor Lawrence, same thing. Yep. Justin Herbert was the same thing last year with the Chargers. Tua Tungavailoa was the same thing with the Miami Dolphins. You see a trend here? Patrick Mahomes was always the guy for Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. He's on record saying, I would have done anything I had to do to get up there. And I did. And with New England, it's, nah, we considered passing on him. But we figured, yeah, he's a quarterback. We need a quarterback. So we took one of those. I've seen that work one time in 25 years, and it was the Jets with Chad Pennington. And they passed on him twice. If you had to put your money on it right now, do you think uh, Aaron Rodgers will be a Green Bay Packer at the beginning of the season? I really want to say no. I really want to say no. And I'll tell you why. I don't know how you reconcile this. Because one of two things is going to happen. And, and there's a there's an extra step here that I'm not hearing anybody talk about. All right, let's say you satiate Aaron. Because I firmly believe you're going to have to fire Brian Gutekunst, or he's not coming back. Yep. He'll retire. Just, I'm done. I'm going to go host Jeopardy and hang out on red carpets with my beautiful A-list celebrity model girlfriend, fiance, wife, whatever the case may be. Right. And I'm done. So if you fire Goonsfist, now knowing full well that it was Aaron Rodgers pulling the strings, you might as well just trade Jordan Love because that's done. You have handed the keys to the franchise to Aaron Rodgers. He's calling the shots, and I got news for you. Your number's not getting called anytime soon. Mm Mm-hmm. If you don't, then he retires and you get nothing. Or you trade him. So now it's almost like you're at that standoff point. If I had to if I had to bet an amount of money that mattered to me, I would say Aaron Rodgers has never plays another snap for the Green Bay Packers. And I would say his next snap comes with the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh. That's a team that's built for this, has a lot of young talent. Yeah. And I would I would wager John Gruden's willing to come off a lot of draft capital for a guy that can immediately run his offense. They're plus five hundred in Vegas, by the way. Denver's plus two hundred. It's not Denver. No, it's not. That team's too young. They're in too good of a cap situation. It's not that. Oh, they they do have a lot of young talent that they could use to try to leverage. Yeah, the they do, but it, the, the 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 tea leaves don't line up there. Mm-hmm. You don't make the deal for Teddy Bridgewater if there's a deal out there for for Aaron Rodgers. No doubt. And I'm going to be honest with you. That information about Denver came from somewhere, and everything I have heard, it's not Denver, which makes me think it was Aaron, right? Who said, "Yep, I'll do that." And I won't be shocked if he does it with the Raiders because I've seen stories floated out there that he's intrigued by the Raiders and what that team could be. Okay. And he'll keep doing that. Right. Right now, he controls the narrative. Mm-hmm. 
and he is stronger than practically any quarterback in the NFL. I would say Pat Mahomes has more power than he does, and so does Tom Brady. Right. If he doesn't want to play, he's not going to because he has the ways out. Yeah. This is a guy that's on the back nine of the career anyway. You're not going to keep screwing with him. And I told you that the day they drafted Jordan Love. You're not going to keep messing with him because eventually he's going to bite back because he has the power to. I think the Green Bay Packers will be smart. They will do the right thing. They will fire the GM. They will sew this all up and play all nice with Aaron Rodgers. And if you do that, you basically just told your fan base and you told your team nothing matters but what he wants. That's it. Which kind of should be the the way. For a 36-year-old quarterback. Uh, Yeah. Bold strategy. We're going to have to start this rebuild. I mean, we're going to have to we're going to have to go down the rebuild path in a couple of years. And that's my point. I'm yeah. doing it right now. Right. If I'm Green Bay, I'm You're doing it cut, right now because losses. that's the only way that this could possibly end well. Mm-hmm. That's it. You trade Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it's not like he's going to burn you for ten years. Right. He's got three, four tops years left. You get three ones for him and another player, and you build around Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. And if he's bad, you ladder up and do it again. Yeah, Green Bay Packers are in a real tough spot right now. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need the job. That's that's the that's the worst part of it for Green Bay. And that is the worst leverage as an as an employer. That's the worst place you could possibly be. Absolutely. When you have an employer, an employee that does not need you. Mm-hmm. I don't need this job. I can go do a manner of any other things right now. Mm-hmm. Do it the way I want to do it. Or I'm walking out that door. And we've all been in a job at some point that there was somebody that you knew they were either just trying to get fired or they had another job they'd already put in their notice right. and they just don't care. Well, guess what? The Green Bay Packers now have one of those. And it's the most important employee in the entire building. It's the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Best picks of the draft. Most hated picks of the draft. We'll talk about those up next. You're in the sports tank. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. All right, it's ESPN, Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The sports tank with Jeremy Green. Brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. WickedWeedBrewing.com. Drink different best picks of the NFL draft. Um, your A number one favorite pick of the draft was blank, Jeremy Green. I don't think I'm allowed to answer that because you're going to call me a homer. Oh, goodness. He's going to go with Zach Wilson. They're not named Zach Wilson. How about that? No, no, no. It's not Zach Wilson. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But Elijah Moore is pretty high. (laughs) You did get kind of animated on day two when that was the pick. Oh, boy. Elijah Moore is a pick that I'm really fond of. Yeah. I mean, it was just silly because I'm always a fan of taking care of your quarterback. If you're going to draft a quarterback like that, don't do what the Jets did with Sam Darnold. You have to give the guy weapons. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I look at with Jacksonville and go, you didn't do that. Oh, you gave him a running back. Cool. We already had one of those. And, oh, Travis Etienne's more dynamic. Uh, cool. He's a running back. Mm-hmm. Th- there were a lot of those. Uh, my favorite pick, I- I'm going to take the first rounders out. Okay. Just solely because, I mean, you've probably heard that all day long. Right. Um, My favorite, one, Asante Samuel. To the to the L.A. Chargers, he's on my list as well. That's a, that's uh, Aziz Ojolari to the Giants. Yeah, I and I'll tell you one that you're not going to hear: Rondale Moore to the Arizona Cardinals. I really like the idea of having a guy like that with Kyler Murray. 
okay, they already have so many receivers mm-hmm. for that team. Yep. With DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk. Where does Rondell Moore fit in that scheme? I, I'm, I don't quite understand what you're what asking. Do, I mean, how? Why? Why is it that you like that fit him with Arizona? He's an electric guy, and they use a lot of receivers. You know, the, originally when I heard this, I went, "Nah, I don't understand that." Do you know how many receivers they had that more had more than twenty five catches last year? It was six. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, and that's with DeAndre Hopkins having hundred and fifteen. So I mean it's it's the way they run their offense. And I look at him and he's more dynamic than Andy Isabella is. Okay. It definitively told me that Larry Fitzgerald's no not coming back. And I don't I know what you're getting out of AJ Green. So right. now you've got four you have four receivers for a quarterback that likes to run around and make things happen. Mm-hmm. And you know what they all have in common? They're really good at finding holes in defenses. Rondell Moore's an elite receiver. Mm-hmm. When his quarterback's on the move, because he breaks open in routes and he just gets lost. Mm-hmm. It's the same reason that you know, in spite of how Brian, our resident Jets fan or Giants fan, felt about Kadarius Tony, I didn't hate it. Right. I just don't understand why you're taking another receiver in the first round. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. Um, in the second round, the Cleveland Browns did the thing that nobody else was doing, and they took Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. We were waiting. Pick after pick. We said his name pick. a lot of times. From, from the 17th pick <laughs> in the first round on, I was shocked that he never came off the board. And then he finally came off the board at 52 to a team that just has built a juggernaut, in my opinion. Everything on that team is A number one, except for their quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> which is why they they're still, not going to win right. anything. They still have that one fatal flaw. But to me, I think that had to be my best pick of the draft because it was a team that has already done so well. And I think it's not only that they took the guy that should have gone much earlier in the draft, but it's also the team that normally screws this kind of thing up. You just have to realize with Jeremiah Wusu kormo and he's not on my list, just so you know. Uh-huh. How big is Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa? How big is he? Mm-hmm. He's what six one, six two. Okay, two twenty. Mm-hmm. Patrick Peterson six one, two ten. <laughs> so right. I just need you to understand this is He's a pretty slight. really undersized linebacker. Yeah, and that's why he fell. There were a lot of teams that I mean, I had a, I had somebody tell me over the weekend he's going to be a corner in the NFL, mm-hmm. a slot corner, which is mind boggling for me to think about. But then you go back and watch the tape and go, that makes sense. Right. And I don't hate it because he can. I think he's going to get lost against tight ends. That's mm-hmm. my fear is, is that he's never going to be able to defend the Travis Kelsey's and, and, and guys like that in the NFL. That's why he fell. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. Oh, I love the way that government money gets spent. And just to show you that it's not just American governments that can waste, you know, money that's really supposed to help the people. A town in uh, in Japan, the town of Noto, 
in Ishikawa received millions of yen because of the coronavirus pandemic. They used 25 million of those yen, which translates to $228,181 in American money, on it to build a rural revitalization project that is uh, going to just set the countryside on fire and bring in tourist after tourist after tourist. Uh, They used their coronavirus uh, recovery money to build a giant squid. Yep, it's 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 a twenty nine and a half foot, thirteen foot high. It's twenty nine and a half feet across, thirteen feet high, forty two feet long. It's just just a giant squid. Looks like kids can play on. I. <laughs> You don't use the recovery money on something that is not going to benefit the community. And I have yet to see how this is going to help anyone. If there's if one thing that really drives me crazy, it's people calling to complain about things. Yep. I, I, I can't stand it. Okay. A caller in Nova Scotia learned this the hard way when they called to report a local tea room for breaking COVID-19 lockdown protocols. They called the cops to say that someone was dining inside the Ardmore Tea Room in Halifax. Okay. Well, the owner, the, the cops showed up, and the, the owner, Mike Cormier, stepped out to ask whatever could be the problem. Mm-hmm. And the cops said, we have a, uh, a report, and said, we have a report that's, that you're allowing people to dine inside the restaurant, and that's not allowed. <laughs> well, when they got in there, they discovered that it was a very quiet diner. All right. The diner didn't really talk much because it was a mannequin. <laughs> the mannequin was used by Mr. Cormier as a way to social distance people when uh, they were allowed to dine in. Right. And now that they've been shut down again, they left the mannequin up just because they didn't think about removing it. Ah. And someone peeked in the window, saw the mannequin, thought it was a person, and called the cops. Nice. This is the reason that you don't call the cops. Thanks, Karen. You said that, not me. I didn't disagree with it, but I would love to have just seen the interaction there. Like, <clears throat> it's a doll. Yeah, that's the that's the diner. <laughs> it's a it's a great big doll sitting in a booth. <laughs> oh man, mind your own business. Uh, bingo. Mind your own business. All right, uh, continuing with the uh, discussion here of the NFL draft best picks. In the draft, I'm going to be Homer here. Of course you are. I'm going to be Homer here. Uh, not in the way you think I'm going to be, though. If you say Kyle Trask, it's I'm not, going it's to not Kyle Trask. It's not even related to my Super Bowl champions. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm going, I'm going Homer for the North Carolina Tar Heels. Deami Brown being taken by the Washington football team with the 82nd overall pick. In the third round, I just, I, I, I mean, I can't wait. I cannot wait to see the Washington football team get on the field and see how effective Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick can be throwing the football to the receivers that they have collected now for the Washington football team. They already have Terry McLaurin. They picked up Curtis Samuel from the Carolina Panthers. Now you add Deami Brown to the mix. 
Not to mention they have Antonio Gibson as well. That is another guy that they can split out wide. Or oh, just run him out to- of the backfield. There are a lot of toys in this offense. Oh, it's going to be so great. I think that was one of the home run picks in the third round. Also from the third round, the Denver Broncos trading up to screw the Miami Dolphins, who were sitting there just waiting to turn their card in with Javante Williams. That was in the second round. Or excuse me, in the second round. My bad. In the second round, I thought that was one of the moves of the draft. The Denver Broncos obviously had running back high on their list and knew that they had to get their guy. And so they made the trade to get up in front of the Miami Dolphins to take him at 35 overall. I hate it more for Miami than I like it for Denver. You've already got Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand. I didn't understand that. Well, he's the running back of the future. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I would really like it if you had the quarterback of the future before you started worrying about the running back well, of the future. Well, they did the one thing that you didn't want them to do. You don't want teams to go chasing after quarterbacks. They knew they weren't going to get one. I, and I don't disagree with that. So at I nine, didn't lambaste them for that, did right. I? No, I didn't did say I didn't like them taking you Patrick Sertan at nine. Now, did I think that was a need? No. It was the best player on the board. Now, I will though. say that defense is going to be really, really good. I knew as soon as they took Pat Sertan, mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater's the starter of this team. They're not going to tell you that. That's 100% what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Because they've now built a defense in a running game where all Teddy Bridgewater has to do, we just need you to not screw this up. Yep. That's it. You want to go three and out and punt? That's fine. We got Bradley Chubb. We got Von Miller. We have this tremendous secondary. It's fine. Just don't turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. Poor Drew Locke. You think he shows up at the facility now like, Wish I could just get out of here. <laughs> uh, no, he's he's rejuvenated. There's going to be a real competition between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater for the starting position. That's like saying there's a real competition between me and you to see who can get to our cars first. Because you ain't got a shot. <laughs> that depends. Is there food in my car? I don't care if there's a live Wolverine on my side of the desk. You still don't have a shot. All right, give me another one of your favorite picks of the draft. I, You know, I've tried to wrap my head around this because there was a lot of hate for this. Okay. I look at Tutu Atwell with the Rams. It's just another really fast guy that mm-hmm. you give Matthew Stafford. Do you, ever, you think Matthew Stafford just looks around the Rams facility now and goes, wow, this was like that players. Mm-hmm. This is fun. We got guys all over the place. We got Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. I got all these little toys to play with. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of Rams fans in our draft coverage that were not thrilled with the Tutu Atwell selection. <laughs> well, they didn't see it as a need. You already have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, and you know you're a believer in Van Jefferson. I do like Van Jefferson. I think Why we did need, you need another wide receiver. There's two things that I that, that were big takeaways, and these are not like specific player takeaways. Mm-hmm. Just things that I noticed. We're officially to the point where you need four wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah. If you don't have four legitimate receivers, you don't have a legitimate offense. Mm-hmm. And I want you to think about all the teams that did that. The Rams are one. The Jets are one. Uh, we were just a uh, Cleveland is one. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are just uh, several teams that went. Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. There are probably eight teams that walked away with a receiver in the first three rounds that's going to be their fourth guy. And they feel like that's not necessarily a starter, but a guy that's going to play a lot of snaps. Mm-hmm. 
It's a passing league. Oh, 100%. And you're going to trot all these guys out there, and you, you, know, you find ways to use them. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. And I don't know the answer to this, but I can estimate it. In the first two days, how many running backs were selected? Was that four? Yep. Trey Sermon, Javante Williams, ETN, Najee Harris. Uh huh. How many wide receivers were selected? Fourteen. That's exactly right. Wow. Fourteen to four. That's a good guess. And there were four tight ends, too. Right. So that's 18 pass catchers to four running backs. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you? Just a passing league. Wide receivers I mean, we are all more already valuable. knew that. But wide receivers are more valuable than running backs. But there are already more running backs in the NFL than there are. Or there's, more, there's more good wide receivers than there are good running backs. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of average in both. But it tells you a lot that there are way more pass catchers, way more tight ends, way mm-hmm. more all of the things. And every offense is going to use as many of them as they can. And I don't fault them for that. I don't either. I really I'll also don't. say that, uh, that the other thing that I noticed, linebackers are getting awful small in the NFL. Yeah. I think we've officially gotten to a weird point of how small linebackers are getting. Well, it's because the plotting, and uh, I don't know plotting is not the right word to use for it, but the, the big imposing linebackers of the past, that's just not the thing anymore. You, because you don't use them because of the fact that it is a passing league. You need to have what is that I said the other day? As as long as the receivers are getting smaller and faster, you're going to have to get smaller and faster on the defensive side, whether it be in the secondary. And now, in a lot of defenses, the the linebackers are seen just as an extension of the secondary. Uh, yeah, because to, there's a lot of teams that are drafting safeties with the intention of converting them to linebacker. Yeah, they're they're because they're being asked to cover. I counted no less than 11 safeties that coaches said something about them playing linebacker. Mm -hmm. Two with the Jets, two with the Raiders. There were more than that. And you really think about that? That's a really, I mean, it's almost the the Isaiah Simmons thing Mm -hmm. that we were talking about last year. And then it started coming up more with Owusu Koromoa and a few other guys this year. Javon Holland that went to the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. That's a whole new position in the NFL. Yep, And you better have one. You better have that guy that can cover a slot that they can cover a guy in the slot and can cover a tight end. Mm-hmm. Cuz think about how the tight ends are going. The tight ends are getting faster. They're better pass catchers. You you knock all of these tight ends for not being able to pass block. Well, in a lot of offenses they're not being asked to do that anyway. Well, no, I don't not you you get I don't, I don't like the way you say it. Yeah, 100%. I'm oversimplifying. I get it. But but you get my point. A 6'5", 250-pound tight end better be able to block somebody. Because yeah. you're, All right, I'll give you an example. Pat Fryermuth goes to the to the Steelers. Yeah. And this is a, the Steelers are a popular team, and that's the reason I'm going to use this, this as the example. Pat Fryermuth, he's not a good blocker. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that narrative came from, but it's not true. <laughs> okay. I don't know that he's athletic enough to be a three-down player in the NFL if he can't block. Mm-hmm. That's where my criticism comes in. A guy like Kyle Pitts, he's so athletic, I don't care if he can block or not. I could care less if he ever blocks anybody in his entire career. Because you know what he is? A really high-level blocker for a receiver, mm-hmm. which is what I, what, basically what he is. Mm-hmm. That's how he's going to play in the league. 
They have Hayden Hurst to do the dirty work. Yeah, for one more year because they declined his option. All right, let's uh, let's spend the next couple of minutes here talking about worst picks in the NFL Chicago draft. Bears, Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> All right, Jamar Chase is at the top of the list. Yep, that that was bad. As one of the worst picks in the draft, not because we hate the player, but because we hate the fact that they went for a position that they did not need and passed up on another team that drafted a fourth receiver, a huge name because Auden Tate's a starting level receiver in the in this league. And you bypass Penny Sewell. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to let that die. Because I think Penny Sewell is going to be a 15-year offensive tackle in this league. Mm-hmm. league. And a premier one at that. And you just handed him to the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Mac Jones. I forgot. Mac the, Jones. That was the three that I... They were all right together, and I I wanted to say them together, and I forgot <laughs> to name them. And Mac Jones. See, I didn't hate the Mac Jones pick. Because oh, you're a team that had to have a quarterback. You didn't have to make a move to get him. He fell to you at 15. New England not having to do anything and getting a quarterback. I consider that a win for them. Uh, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. That's two, uh, that's two picks that I absolutely despised. You hate taking running backs in the first round. Because it never works. Because point blank, it never works. It doesn't never work. Name the, name, name the example of the last 10 years. Please say Saquon Barkley. Christian McCaffrey. How many playoff wins he got? <laughs> Oh, okay. Checkmate. Uh, 100%. No. Come on. He's okay, been I, on a bad team. I, I don't dispute that. And mm-hmm. now he's a weapon, and everybody loves Christian McCaffrey, and I like the guy. Right. It's not me trying to kill the player. This is my point. And I've already I've said this to you twice, and I'm going to just keep saying it every time you say that. The four players taken directly after him. John Ross was one of them. Yeah. Okay. You should have taken him ahead of John Ross. Mm-hmm. The three after that were Patrick Mahomes, Marshawn Lattimore, and Deshaun Watson. Uh, check, mate. You think Carolina would do that? Again? You think they would undo that if they had the opportunity? Because I believe they would. Oh, yeah, they definitely would take the quarterback. And by the hindsight. way, that's the best one. You're cherry-picking the best one of the last 10 years, of course which is I fine. Am. Of course I am, because it's the one gonna, that fits my narrative. Uh, yeah, it's one of, uh, and by the way, you're batting below the Mendoza line because you're one for 14 in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And your second example is like Saquon Barkley. Yeah. How many how many playoff wins he got? We 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 get it. And you took him ahead of Josh Allen. <laughs> Makes me laugh every time I say it out loud. Right. Uh, no, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I I, I can't. I, I don't fault either of those teams for taking running backs. Here really is my don't. question: Who's going to play left tackle on that team? For either one of them, no, I don't for, know. No, for Pittsburgh. Who's the left tackle for Pittsburgh? No clue. You're telling me right now. That if you had it to do over again, you wouldn't have taken Tevin Jenkins at 24 mm-hmm. and Michael Carter in the third round. I, I like that much better than Najee Harris and somebody I've never heard of playing left tackle. Mm-hmm. When you have a quarterback that's been hurt like 96 years in a row. That was behind Ali Villanueva, who, oh, by the way, is now signing with your division rival. Right. With the Baltimore Ravens. That's the problem. It's not the, and I get killed for not liking, like I have something against running backs. Mm -hmm. I don't. It's just not worth a first round pick. No. And and I mean, I'm biased here. I'm a Jets fan. And now they have give, they have just handed me the greatest example of this in the history of time. They take Ali Vera Tucker, Elijah Moore and Zach Wilson uh, with their first three picks. Uh, They don't pick again in the second day. And they're sitting there on the third day. Like, Oh, look, there's Michael Carter that just fell right to us. 
Weird how that happens. Right. And Kenny Gainwell falls, mm-hmm. and all these other guys fall. And I just look at him and go, I see a lot of these guys all the time. Jared Patterson didn't even get drafted. No, but he's also four foot six. Mm-hmm. He has a role, though. I promise you he has a role. Where did he end up? He Washington ended up football the Washington team. Washington football team. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Washington oh, went, way. Washington went from the dumbest team in the NFL to, man, they do a lot of things I really like. Now, I didn't like their first-round pick, but aside from that, yeah, pretty much everything. Yeah, Jamin Davis, that that continues to be the worst pick of the first round. For oh, me. I'll dial my shield with that one. If yeah. he turns into an all-pro, I'll eventually admit I was wrong, but it's going to take a lot. Right. Do you get the Thomas Davis? I've heard so many people say that, oh, he's he's a player just like Thomas Davis. He's very athletic, but he's not that instinctive. Mm-hmm. Do I get the comp body-wise? Yes. Okay. I, I understand where you're getting that. I mm-hmm. just There's going to have to be a lot of mental maturity happen to get to that point because he overruns a lot of plays. Yeah. I hate when people make comps to players that are all pros and like borderline Hall of Famers. I absolutely despise that. Other than uh, Davis Mills being taken in the third round with their first pick by the Houston Texans, are there <laughs> are there any other real quick ones that you absolutely hated? I'm assuming you're talking about outside of the first round. Yes. I hated Jacksonville going Tyson Campbell at 33. That was dumb. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of corners in this class. Tate Gowan went in the sixth round. And you took Tyson Campbell over Elijah Moore, Javante Williams, who you could have had instead of Travis Etienne, Trayvon yeah. Morig. Landon Dickerson, just I mean, I could just keep going. Devin right. Jenkins. So many players you could have had. And you take a third corner a year after you took one in the first round. And right. in the same offseason that you paid one big money. I just don't get that. At least they But it's the same thing. I say this every year. I go back every year and I look at what I said three years ago, and it's weird how it's the same teams. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter who the GM is, it doesn't matter who the coach is. It's just lather, rinse, repeat. You do the same thing every time, and you expect a different result. And it never happens. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. You're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. And as the NFL draft has uh, concluded... Now we're making the plans for the future, and teams are picking up or declining fifth-year options on first-round rookies from four years ago. And, you know, you look at the list, and it's not really surprising of any of the guys that did not get their options picked up. Uh, Obviously, Josh Rosen's on his fifth team. So, yeah, there's no, no reason to pick up an option on him. Rashad Penny, Sony Michelle, Hayden Hurst might be the most surprising out of out of all of that group. Doesn't surprise me in the least. Billy Price, Taven Bryant, Leighton Vander Esch with that's the Dallas the only, Cowboys. That's the only one that's surprising, and that's straight an injury thing. Absolutely. I mean, he's been in and out of the lineup for two years now. Yeah, I mean, most of the options to me made sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Something I do want to touch on before we get out of here. Yep. Tom Pelissero just tweeted this out. Uh, and this is from NFLPA president J.C. Treader. He made the, uh, Treader made clear the union stance on boycotting voluntary, o- voluntary OTAs. Okay. So this has been a story that, oh, this is, we're scared of the coronavirus and all these other things. Yep. No, they're not. 
And he specifically said that. This is not a 20, this is his quote. This is not a 2021 offseason issue. This will be an issue, an issue year after year. He made it very clear. This has nothing to do with testing. This has nothing to do with coronavirus. This is not, they don't want OTAs. Yeah. And I'm afraid, and I, I shouldn't say afraid. Do you know when OTA started? No. When this model that we're under in right now, do you know when it started? No. 1999. Okay. They never did this before that. Like the rookies would show up for a three day mini camp and they would basically say, okay, see you in July. Right. And you know what? The more I've thought about it and the more I've heard smart people like Damian Woody say, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. I've kind of come around and now I agree with it. I'm glad. I'm glad you finally got there because that's how I've always felt. I didn't know that, that, that this was such a short term thing. Like they changed it just. 20 years ago and right. now it's a thing right but a story to keep tabs on for the rest of the offseason all right join us in the sportsocracy tomorrow morning draft grades for all of the teams in the nfc and we'll be back here with you tomorrow at three don't forget us to check us out on youtube become one of the more than 1200 subscribers that we now have in the sportsocracy